Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the No Sports Podcast. I'm Essen Kassam, and... And I'm Jack Williams. And we have another great episode for you guys this week. We're going to preview the Wake Forest game, talk a little bit about the college football playoffs that come out next week. The poll comes out next week. Mm-hmm. A great story my, um, Jack did earlier this week, about, um, or last week, about guarding the goldfish. <laughs> um, FSU women's soccer has a huge game this week, and men's and women's basketball start their exhibition um, um, part of the season. Yeah, we have a whole lineup coming your guys' way. Um, as we've mentioned before in the past, you can look at our football analysis from the week. That is on Seminole Script. That is our little weekly uh, Thursday midweek show. Um, so if you guys are looking for something just just football-focused, you can find that here. But here at uh, Null Sports Podcast, we're going to go over just about everything today. So we're starting off with football. As, as, as I mentioned, we're just going to kind of go down the gauntlet and just about cover everything from what's going on right now to what is coming up soon. But Essen, uh, let's just jump into it right now. Um, uh, kind of looking at the schedule here, I guess, what, what are we leading off with? Let's talk about the slow mesh offense. Okay, yeah. I mean, Wake Forest is... I mean, this is a team. It's uh, I've mentioned this multiple times already, but it's just a team that's. It's very interesting that this is the team that is giving you know has given FSU problem the most problems out of the last few years. It really isn't. Um, you know, they haven't really been known as a football perennial powerhouse, but you know we're starting to see a lot of growth in the program lately. Um, and it's you know it's hampered FSU lately. FSU has lost three straight games to um, Wake Forest. Um, their last win was, I believe, in 2017, or um, I believe that was the last time they won in Winston-Salem. Um, Mike Norvell has not beaten Wake Forest during his time here. Um, and it's a lot of it's gone into this unique offense, this slow-mesh offense. Fans saw it last year when Wake Forest came to FSU and beat them. Um, it's really just the quarterback just takes his sweet time um, deciding whether he wants to pass the ball or he wants to hand it off. Or just take it himself. It's it's basically a offense that allows a lot of buffering time to get the play off. And what it really looks like too is they hand off the ball or whatever it looks like a handoff might be, and they kind of walk it up or they kind of lean in with it for a bit, and then the play comes very quickly. You know, you I, the I was watching a lot of videos on it because um I wrote. I, wrote our opponent preview when this comes out but um you know talking a lot about it just kind of explain it to people i watched some game footage as well and you kind of see them the running back and um the quarterback are kind of holding the ball together walking up and then the play comes extremely quick quickly um leaving a receiver either wide open because the defense doesn't know what to do because they don't know where the play is going it's a very unique look and i mean essen could break it down even more for you just you know how unique this offense is definitely i mean um florida state's played this offense before it's a different offense but they're not used to it because it's not a traditional offense Dave Clawson, it's his offense he installed since he's taken over at Wake Forest, and it's worked really well. It was really good with Sam Hartman, obviously, who's at Notre Dame now, who was a star quarterback for um, um, Wake Forest for a long time. He, um, But Dave um, Griffiths, who's their quarterback now, 
is taking over. He's had some up and downs, a redshirt sophomore. He has um, nine touchdowns, six interceptions, thrown for over 2,000 yards, I believe. He's a very talented quarterback, but um, obviously he's a first-year starter, so he's figuring it out still. But he's grown up in this offense, the heir apparent, so he knows what he can do. It's, it should be interesting to see how he operates the offense. Um, last week's game against Pitt, where they escaped with a victory, which we talked about in Seminole Script a little bit. Right. Um, and Jack had a great story on it as well. Or we mentioned in our opponent preview and in um, a story to be asked about the quarterback, which quarterback's going to play. We expect Griffiths to play. Um, that's what Dave Clausen indicated. But yeah, I mean, um, they closed off the offense last week when Mariucci, 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 Mariucci <laughs> started um, as his first career start. They kind of closed off the offense, so it's gonna be more open this week. Mm-hmm. So Florida State's gonna see a full gauntlet of that offense instead of just like a few plays here and there. Should be interesting because um, that's like you mentioned. Like you, it's a. I like how you explained that. It's a slow moving offense. Yet once they get to the play, once they decide what they're doing, it moves fast. And it's like. So they lull you asleep a little bit, like, you know, oh, we're going to run the ball. Everyone jumps inside and is ready to tackle a running back, but the quarterback pulls back, throws it, you know, and they have a wide-open guy downfield. Yeah, it's like, it's essentially like a slingshot just because, you know, the motion of pulling it back is that, is, that, is that quarterback spending the time, and then as soon as it's let go, the thing flings forward, and that's how it is. It, it's slow to wind up, but then as soon as it comes off, it comes off very fast. But I mean, there's a, it's it's going to be an interesting game as well. And um, you know, some people around the college football world are thinking this is going to be a trap game as well. One of them being Kirk Herbstreit um, uh, said on ESPN that he thinks that FSU is going to be on upset alert. Essen had a story about it today. Um, did a little bit more digging on um. Herb Street's comments, um, I guess, and seem to. I don't really think FSU fans enjoyed hearing that, but I mean, considering um, this is a this is twenty-one point favorite, twenty-point favorite, twenty-and-a-half point favorite per bet online, which is like we yeah. use a lot. Um, but yeah, what Kirk said was, I just think Florida State going to Wake. It's always sleepy at Wake, and Wake has a good team, well coached, and if you don't show up at the right attitude, you're going to um, go be in the fourth quarter looking if it's a three-point game. Has that kind of um, feel this week for Florida State? And now Florida State fans are going to say ESPN hates Florida State. Uh, Herb Street hates Florida State. But Herb Street is someone who's covered Florida State a lot this year. Um, you know, so he knows this team. And, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I don't have Florida State in an upset alert. But at the same time, I can see it happening because Wake Forest is a formidable opponent. It's a noon game. It's going to be a tough environment. So – has all the makings of a trap game? It does. I don't. I don't. I just think Florida State's gonna be ready for this one. We. I think the earlier games on the road, which we talked about a little bit in seven script again, is um, something that's gonna kind of remind the team of like, hey, this is what we have to do. We have to get our job done. They are coming off a major win. It was an emotional game against Duke um, with the homecoming with uh, Samuel Heritage Day celebration with the, a, a major win over Duke, a program that, you know, has never beaten Florida State, so they want, they didn't want to end that streak this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So it's, there's a lot going on last week. It was an emotional game. Me, once again, Samuel Scope, we talked about how it was the most electric atmosphere that either me and Jack have experienced at Doak Campbell. So there's me, like, I do understand where he's coming from. I don't see it as a trap game, but... You never know. It's college football. It is, and, you know, you've seen weirder things happen this year. You've seen a lot of teams keep pace with teams... Um, you know that you know eventually the better team wins at the end. And we've seen some big upsets. I mean, we saw last week too, Virginia. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that might have been their first FBS win of the season. 
Virginia came around and beat UNC and, you know, potentially could have just derailed UNC's hopes of, you know, possibly making the – well, they're still a favorite to make the ACC championship game. This makes things a little bit harder. Um, but they have definitely derailed, in my opinion, their chances to get into the college football playoff. Oh, definitely. I think – Playoffs? Was, sorry. Playoffs. <laughs> but, um, of course, um, as we talked to someone earlier today – I guess we could name – Ryan Kelly talked to him earlier. Yeah, of WCTV, yeah. Um, so we talked to him earlier and he made a good point, you know, um, UNC's path is if they beat Florida State, all of a sudden, you have, and Florida State's undefeated, I think they do have an argument. So they're probably not eliminated per se yet, but they, it's a long shot now for them. And I, I still would argue that one loss F- ACC team has a hard shot of chance of getting in just because the conference does not look great, the reputation of the conference, and then like, just be hilarious to watch a one loss Florida State be like defend the ACC after what they've done the last year of like, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's besides the point, you know. Um, but yeah. What are you what what are your thoughts? Do you think Florida State's on upset alert? I honestly don't. Um, I mean, I, I I might be becoming influenced by the mail the emails we get every Sunday, but um, I don't think this is a. I I think this is a game that Florida State should handle needs to handle. I think we've been waiting for that game that Florida State needs to prove that they are a team a good rounded team that could handle competition on the road, as we've mentioned before. But LSU did not really count as a road game. It's a neutral site game that was in Florida. Um, it was pretty much 80% Florida State fans. Um, and there are two road challenges. You could argue one was one that everyone kind of knew was going to be close, that being the Clemson game, and one that everyone thought was going to be a blowout, that being Boston College, um, that ended in a two-point effort. You could argue that the you know, the red bandana game had some emotional significance to it, which it does, um, and that played a part into the result. But um, at the same time, too, it was a game that Florida State was heavily favored in, honestly a similar line to this game. Um, but I, I mean, coming out of three really strong weeks, a strong showing against Duke, I think this is a game, in my opinion, and I might look bad. Very wrong for doing this. If it's closer, I think it's going to be a wide win for Florida State. I think this is the ACC game on the road that they'll need um, to show that they can handle the road environment. So I'm going to go with um, Florida State 38 and then Wake Forest uh, 14. 38-14. So you have them covering. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have um, Florida State also with 38. Mm-hmm. But I have um, Wake Forest 20. So I have them not covering. I think it's going to be a close game throughout until Florida State pulls away in the fourth quarter. I do think that um, you know it's going to be within a score, the two scores, and Florida State just scores twice late and puts this away because they are the better team. They are more talented. They are probably at this point have a lot more to play for. Wake Forest is just playing for – I mean, not saying that pride's unimportant, but they're mm-hmm. playing for pride. They are probably going to get the bowl eligible. I, at four wins right now, they have you know five games left. Mm-hmm. So more than likely, we'll get the bowl eligible. They are still figuring out their quarterback situation with, you know, Griffiths coming back this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might play both quarterbacks this week. Um, that's something that Clawson did not rule out. He's not going to tip his hand, which makes sense. Like, why would you tell mm-hmm. a team that you're a heavy favorite under? But it was interesting to hear Clawson's um, interview. I think, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he started around 2013, 2014. And he said Florida State's back to being that elite program they were when, they, he, took o- when he took over. So that, that was a high compliment. He complimented Jordan Travis, complimented Keon Coleman. He complimented, um, you know, Keon Coleman. He calls a great specimen at six four. Like he's a ridiculous athlete. We've seen that. We know that. Mm-hmm. He talked highly of, um, you know, also uh, Johnny Wilson, who we will see if he plays. That's mm-hmm. a you know questionable the game. It's up in the air. Yeah. He as if you, you guys probably already know um, if you're listening to this podcast, he left the um, 
game against Duke last week in the third quarter. After um, it looked like a hit to the head, no speculating what the injury was, but he left early, did not return. It was the second time in three weeks he left. He missed the Syracuse game, so he's played four quarters in the past three games. I would say this is a game that I don't want to say you overlook anyone, but it's a game you could afford to have, would be without Johnny. Yeah, and yeah. Because there's more important games coming down the line. So I, I think this is a game that they could manage without him. So we'll see if he plays, if he, he does not. We've seen Destin Hill, um, you know, missed last week's game, has been back, but doing everything again, having a pretty good couple of days of practice. Mm-hmm. So he's back, he's looking good. And obviously you have the running back group that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that looks good. Jordan Travis might have, like, you know, I was looking at stats earlier, might... Another couple, couple of good games. He could actually insert back himself in the Heisman Trophy um, conversation. He could, if he honestly, like I think a lot of people have been mentioning it too. Whether it be you know people that we work with or people that are, are in our comments, um, you just mentioned that he, if he he needs to start moving, using his legs a little bit more, and that's really we saw that against the Duke game that he really started using his legs a little bit more, and we started seeing the Jordan Travis that we were seeing. I know I've said this so many times per week, but we see the Jordan Travis that we were seeing last year that was extremely mobile that was houdini like and just getting out of just different situations getting the playoff and um you know just big gains we were seeing a lot of that against duke and as you mentioned too i mean these stretch of games at wake forest pit um miami uh north alabama you know falling into florida this could be really a really big game for him these could be really big games for him to just you know continue rolling and you know like you said he could possibly insert himself back into that heisman race definitely um Mm -hmm. One thing before we move on to the college football playoffs is we'll talk about a national story. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Michigan a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, we there's then the whole uh, thing going around where it's been news, honestly, so it hasn't been going. It's been news that's been going around about Michigan and the um, the sign stealing allegations that they have been dealt upon um, in purchasing sending coaches to. Go to um, different, games, different throughout Big the Ten country. games around the country and steal and not just Big Ten. The latest was like they've been going to like you know SEC games or play, potential playoff opponents or just different teams. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's and it's obviously like not okay at all to do, be doing something like that. That's cheating. Um, so cheating you know, is bad. It's, who it, thought? It's not good. <laughs> um, it's not great. But um, Norvell actually did talk a little bit about it today, and um, you know had some interesting comments to say about it as well. Definitely, he called it unethical, which against the rules generally means that. So I, yeah, just, we agree with him on that. Yeah. Um, he then he talked about like you know they have a complex system where. Mm. Um, they they're not running the same play. They're not doing different signs. They're doing a lot of different things, as to make sure that they're not giving away plays. Because, as Norva mentioned, you know, like when you've moved to like before when you had the when he mentioned his youth football football days, when you just had like a a coach relay to one player and the player goes into the huddle. We don't see huddles as much, mm-hmm. so it's hard to commu- but go back to like you know quarterback saying this is the play because you still have to have signs mm-hmm. when you're doing no huddle, which. FSU loves the run, mm. so it's, uh, we talk about the um, you know potential thing with the NFL does is having a quarterback out of the helmet talking to the coach at all times, but that's really hard to do if you're doing no huddle because you still got to send signs out to the rest of the offense of what play you're running. Right, he mentioned too that he didn't want um you know he didn't want think football to become so video game like as well. He mentioned he likes seeing the progress of the players and helping them develop and stuff like that. So uh, it, it's something that he talked about as well too on that, and then he mentioned uh. When it came to sign stealing, too, he's like, 
he's like, if somebody is able, I'm, I'm verbalizing what he did, but he's like, if someone sticks their finger up and like moves it up and down multiple times over and over again, that's what they're doing. And that is their play call. And they run the same play. And they run the same play every time you're going to catch on to that. But if it's like going to like, if it's go like what is going on at Michigan, if it's like going to different games and specifically going to watch their unique play calls, then that's something completely different. Yeah. And he said, you know, he's like, he said, made a great point. He's like, if someone's the person to take it to our game and show up and watch in stands and steal signs, he's like, there's nothing we can do about that. Right. Um, it, which is unfortunate. It just sucks to hear, like, you know, someone would go to that length just to win a football game. You yeah. Know? It's like, it's amazing. Like, but, and obviously this is all alleged. We're not saying Michigan did this or did not do this because until the investigation's done, it, it's all alleged, you know. Mm-hmm. So we're not accusing them of doing anything. But that is the 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 story out there right now. The alleged story out that, there. That is the current. Uh, this, that is the current stance of everything going on. But um, we'll transition back into college football playoffs. You, playoffs. Oh, I'm going to be saying that so many times. Um, no, Michigan is a team in the mix, and um, uh, next Tuesday the first college football playoff rankings are coming out. Halloween is, could be a scary time for. It some could teams. be scary. <laughs> it honestly, could be scary for some teams. Could be really. It could. It could be a trick. It could be a treat. For some <laughs> trick or treat. Honestly, for the area, not the area. Oh my God! I used to be the preps writer, so that's why I was saying that. Um, for college football teams across the country, um, but yeah. yeah, go ahead. Aston's going to kind of run through who is in the current AP top yeah, four so, right now, and we'll go like because um, t- of the top ten AP teams, six of them are facing a true road game or neutral site game. Where it could be interesting to see, like, you know, number one, Georgia, mm. is at Florida this week. I believe they're, like, a 20-and-a-half-point favorite as well. Right. Um, but it's a Florida-Georgia rivalry. We've seen crazier things. Mm-hmm. I think Georgia wins that, but that could be interesting. Michigan versus Purdue, um, somewhat interesting, but not really. Ohio State at Wisconsin, that's a road game. Um, I don't see, expect Wisconsin to do anything there, but mm-hmm. could be interesting. Uh, obviously, FSU number four at Wake Forest. You have Washington at Stanford. Once again, that's a game Washington should win. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma at Kansas. Kansas could make things interesting. Kansas is always a someone that shakes shakes the cage or whatever the analogy is. Rocks the boat. <laughs> Rocks the boat. I like that. Texas versus BYU. Texas should win. Mm-hmm. Oregon at Utah, which is where I believe college game day is this week. Yeah. Should be interesting. Alabama LSU. Always a classic. Always a fun game. 7.45 p.m. kick. So that's going to be well after. The, yeah. I'm going to watch that game for sure. Yeah, you might as well just throw a number 10 and do it and see who. And number 10, Penn State against um, Indiana. And then let's just throw number 11, Oregon State. Arizona's mm-hmm. also an interesting game. So Yeah, Arizona's been very interesting. Of the top 11, I think seven are an interesting road games. So mm-hmm. could be an interesting weekend to see what happens. Let's see if anybody yeah, makes some jumps or anything like that. Uh, also, Georgia is a 14.5 favorite. 14.5 favorite. 14.5, so. yes, favorite over Georgia. So it should be a good game. Yeah, Jacksonville mm-hmm. neutral site game. It's always fun, Georgia-Florida. Mm-hmm. I know Georgia jumped out to a huge lead last year, and then Florida came back a little bit. But that was a different team, different, you know. Yeah, year to year, everything's very different. So, but yeah, so um, me and Jack, and this would be based on today. Yeah, yeah, we made these predictions. Uh, based off today. Today, Wednesday, October 25th, we made these predictions. Um, but yeah, SM will, everybody cross your fingers and and do get all your lucky things out. SM, will make, SM is going to drop his top four predictions. Should we do it like the college football play? Does it go four to one or should we just go one through four? 
Go one through four because I, I think people want to know who are like the last two in. All right, so number one. Oh, wait, we should have we should have done like uh, like who? You no, know, let's just do it on the fly. Let's do let's do who are the top two teams we think are like the first two out too. First two out. All right. Oh, well, we'll go from one and then we'll do the wait. Then do your first two out and then do the last the last two. Okay, so so so, so one two <laughs> five six and then three four. All right, so number okay. one, number one, number one <laughs> until they lose a game. Because they're two-time defending champions, Georgia Bulldogs. Agreed. Um, number two, I think, um, and Jack can attest, I've been high on this team all year. He has. You could look it back at our um, another podcast that another podcast we did, and um, he did mention that he does think this team was the number two t- team at the country at the time, and they weren't. But they should have been, um, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Number two, with the current, I think my current Heisman, um, Washington Huskies. Um, okay, so now we're doing five and six? Yeah, go in your five and six. All right, number five, the Cheaters. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the what? Oh, my God. Michigan. <laughs> Michigan's number five. Yes. Mm. The current number AP2 team, I have number five. Um, Jack will talk a little about this as well because we're in agreement, but mm. they're number five for me about why they're a little lower. And mm. number six, I'll go Ohio State. Okay. So I'm not showing the Big Ten love right now. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, okay, who's your number three? Number three. <laughs> Screw it. Let's go number four. Oklahoma. Oklahoma, the Sooners. Oh, Florida State fans in suspense now. Uh-oh. Oh, number three, Florida State. <laughs> <laughs> Just had to throw Florida it 25. <laughs> Florida State 25. No. Yeah, I have Florida State number three. Um, obviously, they have can go up and go down. Just um, I, Georgia, like I mentioned, they don't have that major signature win yet, but... They are Georgia. They're two-time defending champions until they get knocked off. They're my number one. Mm-hmm. And they look solid this year. Like, you know, um, Carson Beck is slowly settling on as a quarterback. Their defense elite, Brock Bowers, is out, which is going to hurt them. But I still like Georgia a lot. Um, number two, Washington. That win over Oregon, I think, is the signature win of the year. Yeah. Um, if you disagree, I mean, you could um, email me and let me know. Number three, Florida State. You're putting that on yourself. <laughs> I have, I have. Number three, I have FSU. Um, look, they've had a great start to the season. Be LSU, Clemson, Duke wins are fantastic, but they don't have that. I don't. I want to. I don't think they have that marquee win yet. Mm-hmm. And I, it might not be in their schedule until like ACC championship game when they beat. If they beat North Carolina, that could be their major win because North Carolina still be top fifteen. Mm-hmm. That could be their signature win. Maybe LSU looks be- looks better than the year. And then Oklahoma, that win over Texas. I think stands out to me. Yes, Ohio State has a win over Notre Dame, but they have one loss mm-hmm. to Pitt. Pitt, who then who lost to Louisville. Oh, sorry, to Louisville. Louisville, who lost to Pitt. So mm-hmm. it just does not make, um, sit right with me for the uh, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. I still have questions about them. I think they're a very good team. And obviously, this will all play itself out when these teams play each other. But th- this is my top four right now. Um, Jack, want to go to yours? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, here Number one, in agreement with Essen, uh, is Georgia. Um, like Essen said, too, it's just this team has not lost in the X amount of days. They've, they're have two, two-time, right? Two-time defending two-time champions. Two-time defending champions. Um, I always get mixed with those numbers. I don't want to make mistakes. But, um, I mean, I mean, you could argue the schedule they're playing. You could argue about the results. They, but at the same time, too, I mean, they're one undefeated. Thing, one thing to be noted is, obviously, they lost the game. 
They played Jack's alma mater this year. They, yeah, they did play my alma mater. But that's because they lost the Oklahoma game because Oklahoma was moving to the SEC. Yeah, that was the whole situation. Oklahoma was moving the SEC, and the SEC did not want you, Georgia and Oklahoma playing that close to when they were making the switch. So Georgia had an open they're date. Gonna, they're going to be on the schedule next year anyways. Yeah, so. yeah. And and my mid-major school in Indiana, Ball State, decided to play Georgia well, the week, showed, week right after they played Kentucky. They got the money, though. They, they got the money. It's, <laughs> they're paying for it right now. They're 2-6 and six right now. So, anyway, George is my one. You could make this in a Ball State uh, podcast, right? <laughs> Ball, State's, Ball State's definitely not making the college football playoffs. Sorry. Um, number two is Ohio State. Um, Essence is not big on them, but I am on um, my thing. He's big on the Big Ten. I think that I yeah, it's big time from Big Ten to country. I thought the big uh the Penn State win was a big win for them. They won pretty sizable too. Um I think if this team has more like tighter game they have the yeah the they beat Notre Dame too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Notre Dame too game game as well and Notre Dame's falling off a bit and Penn State's falling off a little bit too. And Penn State's still a top ten team. Notre Dame is still a top fifteen team. Uh, they have they're starting to put together the resume they have in the Big Ten. <laughs> Essence opening Smarties right now. So if you hear like crinkling, that's what that is. Um, but I'm okay. <laughs> um, but Ohio State's my number two. I think they've put together the resume right now, and um, I think it's going to continue to build for them as they go down throughout the year if they can get those wins. And there's that big time, big time game coming up against Michigan, and that will kind of be the decider, in my opinion. And before you go on, I think it's fair to point out, like this is kind of nitpicking right now. Yeah. Because these teams are all undefeated. They all have great resumes. Right. And any of these six teams that we're going to mention today, unless Jack mentioned someone else, because no, out of, of the top six we've talked about. No, uh, um, we'll, we'll jump now. We'll do it the same way you did. I'll do my six and my five now. My number six is – my number six – hold on. I just forgot it. <laughs> my number six is for Michigan. Michigan. It's Michigan. I don't – like, again, we're nitpicking. Me and us and our reporters to cover Florida State. We're not on the committee, so I'm. these are just what I think right now. You could tell me I'm wrong until the cows come home. Do not email me. Um, Essen put that on him, not me. I just don't think – listen, they've been dominant. They're popping off. They look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They haven't played anyone in my opinion. Yeah, if this was a basketball schedule – Hell yeah, Michigan will be good. They're playing Indiana. <laughs> They're playing Rutgers. They're playing all these other teams. But when, when this is football, they just, it's it, they look good, but they're just not. It's the opponents are not there for me. And like I'm kind of big when I'm doing this on the strength of schedule and who they're playing. Um, I just, Michigan's just not doing it for me yet. They really have. It's two games really they have in the regular season that are going to be like. Wow, this is going to tell us how good they are. And it's Penn State and Ohio State. We will see how good Michigan is, like a true test for Michigan when those two come around. But in my opinion, I mean, in my opinion, I'm sorry, but like Bowling Green, that's where my dad went to school, by the way. So he knows. Bowling Green's not. It, 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 okay, I'm not going to mention the score because it's not going to go into it too much. But Bowling Green, Rutgers, Nebraska, you can. Nebraska back like X years ago. Nebraska X years ago would have been um you know an exciting game, but um Nebraska's just been on and off for um on and off uh for a while. Minnesota's been kind of middle of the pack lately, and then Indiana has not been good. They just beat Michigan State forty nine nothing. Playing Purdue next, and then Penn State. 
Then you go to Maryland, you play Maryland, and then you get Ohio State. Like, it's just, it just doesn't really jump out. Um, and maybe you've even mentioned the games before that. Like, you end up, like, you, they had the chance to, you know, really buffer up, and I promise I'm going to be done talking about Michigan right after this, but you could buffer up your schedule by playing, you know, an SEC school or an ACC school or a Pac-12 school or a Big 12 school. They, no, they, they want it. Apparently, they went for the money games. They play UNLV. Grant, I guess you can say because UNLV is, like, one loss. Um... Uh, it's in my opinion, it's not enough uh, for a team that wants to get into the football playoffs. And then East Carolina, like that's just, and then Bowling Green, your three like out of conference games are group of five teams. Like it's just that, that's why I have them at six. I went too long for that, so I apologize. My number five team is hold on, let me remember it. Okay, I remembered it is Florida, Oklahoma. <laughs> it's Oklahoma. I think this this is gonna this team's gonna be very interesting. Uh, running down the gate, they're really put. I think they really have a good chance to make that jump in. Um, I think they're just gonna fall just short. I don't know what's telling me. I think it's just the teams in front of me that I think are gonna get in in, in front of them and stuff like that. Um, at the same time, too, they do have a lot of games that could be disruptors coming up. They have Kansas coming up, which is a very random team. They have Oklahoma State, which Bedlam is a wild game. Um, <laughs> our co-worker, our First Amendment reporter, Douglas Soul, is a West Virginia alum. And they had pointed out on the schedule, too, they're playing West Virginia, which eh, could be a trap game. Um, BYU, BYU, not too road. much. TCU, not too much. Um, uh, the only reason I didn't have them too much in, and granted, you can pick this apart with every other team on here. I, I don't like dwelling too long on this. But, like, they... Um, they played a really tight game against UCF, and UCF has been pretty awful in the Big 12 transitional year, so that was the only thing. But they're not my, my number five. Okay, now my top – what? Yes? Yes, I was going to yes. say, picking back, if you – I mean, you, Jackson, don't email him. If you want to email him um, concerns about him or complaints about him, I'd be happy to respond and um, agree. I mean, um, disagree, sorry. Essen is my going to be my agent through all of this now, <laughs> so everything can be sent to Essen. Anyway, <laughs> everything – my number four pick um, is Washington. I see it wasn't dramatic there. Uh, I mean, who's number three? I don't know. Oh, my God. Ball State. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Washington, I mean, they, they look good. They have that win over Oregon. Michael Penix. Um, Essence probably, like, jumping up and down in his chair right now because I'm agreeing with everything he just said. Michael Penix is a, is a Heisman frontrunner right now. They look very good. As much as it hurts me to say... Michael Penix is a Heisman frontrunner because he played at Indiana when Ball State played Indiana, and he torched us. Um, but I, in Washington, looks like a number four, four team right now. I do think it, I'll have to look deeper into who they're playing, but this is who I have right now. Um, my number three team is Tallahassee Community College. No, it's Florida State. <laughs> it's Florida State. I Went think. upset. It's Florida State's number three. Um I mean, I think we talk enough about Florida State all the time, too. So I don't really need to do my spiel here, but they, they, they're undefeated. They they have kind of the show-me games a little bit with LSU and Clemson. Um, you talk about Florida coming down the schedule, too. Um, Miami's still on the schedule. Um, um, these Wake Forest. Pittsburgh games are going to be more important than people realize. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think we, these two road games they have coming up against p- opponents, you could say, you could say... In some contexts that they are lesser, but they are towards the bottom of the ACC standings. That's a fact. 
Um, that's a fact check. That's a fact check. Word, anyway. <laughs> um, that you could say, but these are games that I think that if they blow up the score, like, like win by a sizable margin, then that could help them even more. And if somebody loses in front of them, that could really help them. Um, and then, you know, UNA, that could be that could be a repeat of what they did against Idaho back in 2013. I mean, it's kind of lining up to look like that, but I don't know. Something, it could be closer, it could be big, I don't know. And then Florida, that's good. That's it's going. I think that's lining up to be a really good game. We might oh, talk, Miami. <laughs> we might talk about those two games before they happen. I don't know. Maybe. 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 We might preview them. We'll let Miami, you guys know. Miami of Ohio. Um, <laughs> Miami. That's going to be an entertaining game too. The environment's going to be exciting as well. I think that's what me and Essen are really looking forward to as well. Just the environment for that Miami game. I mean, they just beat Clemson at home, so that was a big win for them. That's a big win for the program that. You know, was kneeling their season away. Mm. Oh, sorry, not kneeling their season away. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we'll wrap it up with this part of it. Um, yeah, those are college football playoff predictions. Okay. I'm excited for this now. Um, oh, transitioning God. from that, yeah. you know, we, we did a fun story. We get to do, like, you know, we do a lot of, like, you know, um, what we call furniture stories where they just are just, like, you know, they st- they're always there. They're giving me stories that we do because they're – you know, we want to give you guys the best coverage to get to know the team you're playing, that the Florida State's playing. Mm-hmm. Get to know the players on Florida State. We love doing those features. But sometimes a fan pops out and has a crazy backstory. And I, I'll let Jack talk about this a little bit more. It's his story he did last week on Garnet the Goldfish. Yeah, I mean, me and Essen have been kind of seeing this from a press box, too, in Game for Game, when they do the kind of the fan cam, like go over the student section something that there's a kid standing there with a goldfish like not like the cracker like like the living goldfish like fish like fish fish i don't know how to emphasize that and we had questions we had like is this the same fish every game oh is this like you know is this safe for the fish is that what like all the questions a journalist you might you might imagine have a journalist would have like how does he get it in how does he do all this well you know what Jack went straight to the source. Yeah, I mean, his name His name is also Jack. It's Jack. Um, oh, God. You know what? I'm going to have my computer pronounce it so I don't have to do it. Henny X's. Henny X. Henny X, because there's an S at the end. Jack Henny X. Um, uh, this is the name of the super fan. You guys might remember him. He's the same fan who got the um, the picture of Mike Norvell with In the, the cornrows uh, corn from when he went to... Um, Central Arkansas. Arkansas. Central Arkansas. It was when FSU upset. I think then they were number five in the country, UNC at yes. the time in 2020, yes. which it, it's crazy to think of how much, how much the, the college football scene has changed in just three years from that. But um, uh, he, I mean, it started off as a joke. It's, you know, it even started off as a joke. It started off as a comment he made. It's just like he was going to Kentucky Derby with his family, and one of his friends couldn't come. He said, man, it would be easier to bring a goldfish with me than it would be bring a friend. He looked it up on the TSA website. If you, if any of you want to do this, apparently it's legal with the TSA that you can do it. You can bring a live goldfish onto the plane, but that's like your personal item or like your care. Yeah, your personal item. Like you can't bring like a backpack or something. The other thing will have to be your carry-on. But, like, you can bring a bag of, like, with a goldfish in it or a fish in it, and that could be your carry-on item onto the plane. You can't put the bag into other things. Like, it has to be, like, a see-through bag that you can see. Um, so that's uh, so that's how it all started. And, yes, it's the same fish. I know I've been seeing people on Facebook and being like, that's not the same fish. And I'm like, yes, it's the same fish. It's been the same fish since – um, LSU, this is where all of this started, and he's been at every game. And you can kind of dispel the other one if it's not safe for the fish, because he 
he does a lot to take care of this fish. Yeah, yeah. He has very close friends that work a lot with reptiles and other fish and stuff like that. So um, they work with him to make sure that the pH levels of the water are balanced. Um, he had a little bit of a crisis when he went to Boston because he said the water was not, like, safe enough for the fish to be in. So, But they got it figured out. Um, he's been to Boston. He's been to Clemson. Um, if you look at my story, he has some very interesting photos of um, him rushing the field after FSU beat Clemson. Um, he has one with Mike Norvell. My favorite one, though is he took a picture with Jaheim Bell, and I think he caught Jaheim Bell off guard or something because he came up to him, and Jaheim Bell is standing with him, but Jaheim has this very confused look on his face, seeing this kid with a goldfish in a bag next to him. But, um, you know, he's a really, he's a, he was really fun to interview. This is something he's been passionate about for a long time. He even brought his own spin of, like, the um, glitter guys to his high school back in, when he was in high school at Lake Howell High School in Orlando. Um it's a fun story. It's fun to learn about just what this was because it's crazy, and but it's exciting and fun. So if you want to check it out, it's on Tallahassee.com. Um, you can look up something fishy, and that should be the first thing that pops up. Um, and I have uh, There's a gallery to compliment it to. There's all different stuff and elements to this very unique story. <laughs> and definitely, and I want to wrap up this football one with um, what we're coming up, what we have left this week because we both have some interesting stories coming this week. Um mm. Let's, um, we'll have, you know, this will be with the seminal script, so you guys will see that. Later in the day, later on in the day, Thursday today, when you guys are hearing this, you're going to see the, um, from Jack, the opponent preview, which we've altered a little bit, done a little differently this week. Yeah. Um, you'll see that. Then we get to learn a little bit more about Wake Forest. Um, I guess important thing to note is cross country this weekend. Mm. This weekend is hosting the ACC tournament for the first time, I think. I believe their men's coach that since 2013, which is around the same time they lost one. <laughs> the men, and the men's have a legit chance to win this year. So um, It was three years, the, the football team and the cross-country team. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I will have a men's and women's preview. Jack will have a, a short feature on one of the local runners, which we could talk a little bit about, and a mm. new head coach um, for women's that has been started, started this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, Allison Churchill, and she's been a big part of the women's team uh, through her four years at Florida State, she's a local product from Childs High School in Tallahassee, and um, you know they they it's more about you know the vibe that they're trying to grow in the women's program right now and how the ways things are progressing and stuff like that. And this is the advantage of hosting at Appalachia Regional this year, which is on the east side of Tallahassee. This has been um, it's been a um, interesting stretch lately for um, you know events hosted at Appalachia Regional in addition to holding um, state every year for um, the high schools in Florida um, in 2021 it hosted the uh, national championships for cross country the ACC championship um, uh, this year and it's it's been a unique venue that's getting a lot of you know you know notice over the years and stuff like that and then Florida State is definitely taking advantage of being able to uh, run on of course they're very familiar with Definitely. Um, what else we'll have this week? <laughs> we'll have um, just the facts, which you know, with the prediction. Mm-hmm. Obviously, some of the script has, roundtable has a prediction, mm-hmm. the video, and that, and we had, you, you got our official prediction in here as well. So, Jack coming to soccer game tomorrow. I'll be at women's basketball exhibition. Jack Sunday will be at the men's basketball exhibition. Well, obviously, we have football Saturday, which I'll have a Jerry and Jones feature Saturday morning for you guys pregame to read, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. He talked about some tattoos. Um, mm-hmm. You guys need to read about that. This is a tattoo-themed episode. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll have a, um, a feature on Dimitri Emanuel coming in right. on Friday as well. Um, 
uh, not a lot of college football players playing for seven years, so or just involved in the sport for seven years. So um, he was a really um, exciting guy to talk to. Um, offensive coordinator Alex Adkins had a lot of good things to say. Um, they've been together for a long time. Um, Adkins came from Charlotte, and that's where uh, Dimitri Emanuel transferred out of too. So um, they've been together for a while too. Um, but yeah, that should be interesting as well. Yeah, and also well mentioned, our editor probably has a story coming out later this week about. The Doe Campbell um, renovations, new season ticket holders, all that information. He talked to a bunch of fans. And um, there's some people upset about how the prices have gone up. And I'm not going to get into detail about that because he, he did a great job looking at it. It's like a 1,400-word story. Yeah, so. it's a lengthy one, but it will answer, answer just about every question that fans will have in relation to the Joe Campbell renovations. So we've already had some great content for football this week. We have more coming up. Now we can slowly transition because um, it's a major soccer game this weekend. Oh, or, yeah. sorry, this week, Thursday. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's senior night on Thursday. The soccer team's hosting NC State. Um, and, I mean, the Seminoles have just been rolling this year. They currently sit at 13-0-1 overall. Um, their one loss no, – I'm sorry, not one loss. Tie. <laughs> one tie. It's been a long day, y'all. Um Came to the at the time they were the number one team in the country. Florida State is now the number one team in the country for four straight weeks. They've been they have been absolutely lights out this entire season, and they can really they they are able to not only just honor their seniors tonight, but they can clinch the ACC regular season title outright. And then they finished their regular season undefeated for the first time since twenty twenty. Um, it's a, it's a, it's. I don't know how competitive a game, a game it's going to be, but the significance of what the result could be could be huge. They also get a buy into the ACC tournament, so they won't have to host a home game in the ACC tournament. They immediately yeah, they go straight go, to carry for the semifinals. And, yeah, um, which is significant. It's a long soccer season. You know, fifteen. It's me game fifteen. They play a they played a physical pit team last week. Mm-hmm. It's ACC's physical. ACC's arguably the most uh, the most complete soccer league in the, in co- women's college soccer. Mm-hmm. So it's not an easy game games to win in week in and week out. Mm-hmm. You know you have the Pac twelve is obviously good as well. SEC has some good teams, but the ACC is the eight one of the um, t- toughest conferences. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, they're going to honor ten seniors. That's yeah. interesting. Um, not all those. I think five of those seniors have exhausted their um, eligibility. There's maybe four seniors, or five seniors, who have an option of coming back, mm-hmm. which could be interesting. But um, and we talked to Christina Roque today, the goalkeeper. That and this is probably just a sense around the team. She mentioned that you know, she has not decided what she wants to do yet next year. Um, so um, she has not. Um, she has not decided what she um, wants to do next year. So mm-hmm. I, and then Penske kind of echoed that like. The team's still deciding. They want to see what the next couple of months bring them, how they feel, what the emotions are after, and then they can decide. Like you mentioned, you know, um, Heather Pink did not decide until June, July that she was not coming back. Mm-hmm. I think she's playing in Ireland now in a pro in a league over there, so that's really cool. She was a fun player to, you know, talk to and um, love talking to her. She was a fun player, so mm-hmm. um, we'll see what they do. But obviously, some of these players, I think, um, Jack can give you a list of, like, you know, who was actually done. But some of these players might still be at FSU. Other players are going to be done here. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, Ejikini, uh Oni Ejikini is one of the players that have exhausted their eligibility. Um, Lily Farkas, uh, yeah, Farkas, um, Leilani Nesbeth, and um, Leah, Leah P.S. are um, all the ones that have exhausted their eligibility. The ones that still have, um, you know, still have eligibility left, which is notable, 
a few notable players in here as well as Jody Brown, um, one of the, just who has been absolutely lights out this year. Lauren Flynn, uh, another player too. Ron uh, Iwa, um, another you know top defender as well. Beata Olson, one of the you know one of the big minds behind Florida State's success this year. Uh, Christina Roque, um, the goalkeeper who has been the anchor for a lot of the success over her time there, um, and uh, Caitlin uh, uh, Zippe, um, Zip as they call her, um, she's another player who um, Penske mentioned a lot of how she she's been she was dealing with an injury a lot in the spring, um, and now she's really starting to come in and find her game. So there are a lot of big names that are still up for. Still have a chance to play next year if they choose, but um, as Essa mentioned, that they are right now concerned. They're looking into where life is going to take them for these next few months, and then maybe, maybe they stay, maybe they don't. Um, they're all the options. The ceremony, if you guys listen to this before the game, starts at six forty-five. The game's at seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, all Florida State needs to do is win, and they clinch the ACC um, regular season championship, the number one overall seed. They'll go straight to Cary to play over there, which is where also the College Cup is this year again. Like, yes. Familiar sight for them because the, college, the ACC championship was there last year and the College Cup was there last year as well. So Florida State's going to go back to familiar territory at some point. You know, they're going to go for sure for the ACC championships. If they win out, good chance of number one overall Penn State, who was number one in the college soccer committee, blah, blah, blah. They lost to Indiana, yeah. They lost to Indiana. So Florida State is right now very much – in the pole position to be number one overall seed, which they were last year, and get back to the College Cup, which, um, fingers crossed, me and Jack would both be there to cover, hopefully. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's the same weekend as the ACC championship game in football. There's a very high chance that two Florida State football slash football teams could be up in North Carolina, so we will For see. very important games. Yeah, we will see how things fold out there. Another thing to note that um, Brian Penske cleared out to us today that Jordan Dudley will not be playing against um, uh, North Carolina State. Um, she's a little, she's a little banged up against Duke. Um, it sounds like she got like um, hit in her knee a little bit. Yeah. Nothing serious. Um, it doesn't sound like it's season end- it doesn't. It, well, it's not. It's the regular season ending. Mm-hmm. But she, they expect her to be back for the ACC tournament. It's just a rest, you know, an opportunity to get rest. Um, and it's going to be interesting. Like, it opens up opportunities. Like, that's what entries do at this time of the year. Is they going to open up opportunities for playing five for someone else, which would be fantastic, especially when you have ACC locked up, um, at least a share tied up, locked up. You can, you know, see, you can have a player that just emerges and just is, becomes a major player in the postseason. Yeah. That'd be kind of interesting to see if that happens. Yeah, no, I mentioned uh, Caitlin Zippe, or I'll just call her Zip oh, if we mention her again, but that's a player I know. I talked to Brian Penske, and she's finding her game right now, and she's really growing back into her game again, and she's a player that can really emerge um, if any injuries come about or anyone needs to be held out. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, Dudley's just going to be, you know, it, it's kind of – we don't know what the what the status of a potential injury would be, but um, it looks sounds like it's just for you know the purpose of resting. Yeah, yeah. Term, which is a smart move, precautionary uh-huh. more than anything else. Um, talk about I think Frank Penske said something. We were both at the um, press conference today. Mm-hmm. Penske mentioned kind of something kind of funny about you know um, she's a team trainer before the season scheduled a off week this week for Saturday Sunday, mm-hmm. which is when the first round of the ACC tournament would be. In anticipation that Florida State would be a top two team, and he's like, "Thank God we actually did that." <laughs> no, this this team is it's very good at scheduling, preparing, and um, you know, they're pros out there for sure. You know, um, and Penske's a pro to talk to. He's fantastic. Um, oh yeah, great guy. Great guy. Um, he's done a great job. Second year, he's gonna 
going to have at least a share of the ACC championship for two straight years. Mm-hmm. He could win the ACC tournament again, and he could get the team to the College Cup. It's like a legit chance because they will host the postseason here. And what he mentioned is like, you know, um, he said the team doesn't talk about it, but he says this is a veteran team. They know what's at stake. They know what they're playing for, mm-hmm. and you could expect them to come out and play hard. Yeah, and, the, and these games too, um, especially in the Notre Dame game, um, you know, Pitt, it was a, they had a kind of a, well, in the Pitt game, what had happened was they had moved their forwards to midfield a little bit more to help out there, and the strategy wasn't working early on, so then they pushed their forwards back up, and that's where the game had opened up a little bit more for them. Um, you still won out, still looked good. Um, Notre Dame game was really where we saw FSU looked like the number one team of the country. They just dominated the uh, the Irish. It was it, it truly was a dominant performance for uh, FSU in that game. But um, yeah, no, they're they could really there's they have really big things on the horizon there for here for sure. Definitely, definitely, and um, I think we got a lot of basketball um, soccer talk. Um, also on Thursday, we could talk. Um, is perfect transition. Mm-hmm. Talk about women's basketball. You know. Um, yeah. They are hosting Flagler for um, – they played them last year. They will play them again this year for one of two exhibition games. That game's at um, Thursday at 6 p.m. at Tucker, Cent- um, T- Tucker Civic Center. They also have Clayton State on November 1st. Mm. But um, I'll be out there tomorrow for the game. I'm excited for that. It's going to be fun. Mm. Um, you know, we talked to um, Brooke Wyckoff today. Um, Sarah Bajetti and Omaira Gordon, and mm. they were they're excited. They want to play someone else. They've been oh, playing. Oh, yeah. They've been um, scrimmaging themselves. They've been scrimmaging their green team that they play. So they've been doing a lot of scrimmaging against each other. They're ready to start playing against someone else. And um, you know, we I asked Brooke today. I said, you know, um, what do you want to see out of the exhibition game? And she said, defense, um, which is the team's identity. Last year, they want to defend. They want to cause turnovers. They want to cause chaos. Steal the ball, get down court, score quick baskets. I love what she said today. They want to be the fastest team in college basketball. They want to be the highest scoring team in basketball. They are fun. No, there's there's there are a lot of high high standards for this team this year, and um, they built their schedule in that way too. As a team that's achieving high, wants to achieve high standards as well. They're coming into the season. It's they're 18th in the country, right? I believe so. Um, you know, I don't remember the exact ranking. Well, well, I said, well we, they, they are ranked in the top 25 this year. They do have a handful of big games on the schedule as well. They play Tennessee this year at home. Um, I believe Florida is back on the schedule as well. Um, on the road. On the road. Pull, pulling up the schedule. Oh, perfect. Google has it right here. Um, yeah, you have a big I have a Big Ten game in there against Northwestern. Oh, um no, it's DePaul. Um, I I grew up around Chicago. So Eighteen I'm, was correct, by the way. Eighteen was correct. Okay, awesome. We I did mean, it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, Arkansas is on that schedule too. You have to talk about the ACC games they have against UNC and Virginia Tech. Um, you know, Duke's still going to be a strong squad. You have Miami in there as well. You can't. You can never count out Notre Dame and Louisville. Stanford um, potentially. Stanford potentially in, in um yeah a tournament right yeah, yeah out in Henderson Nevada the Dow- at the Dollar Loan Center. Um, but, interesting name. Yeah, and they they have an interesting mix of um I games mean, coming up, and it's a, it's a team that's ambitious, a team that's hungry, and the team that. The, in the past few years, um, they mentioned that they've been a team in the position that was kind of down looking up. Now they're kind of the ones looking up, that are up right now. Yeah, so, I mean, um, 
Important note, Florida State's made the NCAA tournament 11 straight years, I believe, is what the number we were told today, mm. which makes sense. They're always a good program in and out. They had a great coach for a long time that, you know, got the team to this level. Um, Brooke, last year was her first year. Sue Summers, I don't know why that name slipped my mind, was the coach for a long time. <laughs> she retired before last season. Um, Brooke Wyckoff, one of her longtime assistants, former player, stepped up and was a coach. So she was a full-time coach for her first time last year. She was also during the COVID year. She stepped in when her mom was sick, um, when Sue's mom was sick, that Brooke stepped up. So last year was her first full year running a team. It was a brand-new roster. They had major roster turnover, utilized the transfer portal to rebuild the roster on the fly, um, rebuild the culture. And the expectations were low last year. They played a – like, I don't want to – a schedule that was a little – Less, I don't want to say challenging, I want to say lesser schedule. I think it's unfair. Mm. But they played a schedule that would prepare them for ACC play, did not test them as much early on. This year they're playing, like mentioned, Tennessee, UCLA, potentially Stanford. These are powerhouses, you know, in college basketball. Mm. Miami's usually really good. So this is going to be, um, you know, a team that's going to play a much tougher schedule with anticipation that they want to be ready for the ACC schedule, especially the second half where they kind of wore down last year. Mm. They want to be ready to hit the ground running, they expect to be, instead of being like, a, I like how Berkeley today last year, they were looking at those teams that were ranked mm-hmm. and looking up to them like, oh, these teams are, you know, we want to beat them because we're not getting ranked. We're, it's not fair. We, we're better than that, but people don't know us but yet. Mm-hmm. And now this year they'd be like, yeah, we're the team that's ranked that teams would be gunning for. Be like, they want to prove it against FSU. So should be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best, most entertaining part of the day was when we got to talk about Tania Latson. Yeah, I mean the things that these the, the players have said about uh, Tania Latson. Um, I, again, I'm just coming into I'm just coming into this part of the beat. So I'm I've heard a lot from Essen about who, what Tania Latson is capable Latson. of. Latson, excuse me, Tania Latson is capable of. Um, but hearing it from the players and their de- teammates around her is just you know you you get excited hearing about what. <laughs> what what player what kind of player she is? No, I mean I made the comparison last year, and then I had it confirmed from multiple people compared to NBA player. Um, I and I a player I grew up uh, um loving I still love um Dwayne Wade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I compared to Dwayne Wade because she's like you know fearless in the paint. She can go score. Um, she's not scared to um make con- take contact and score and um. She's a fun player to watch. She's exciting. I think she belongs up there with um, some of the Caitlin Clarks, the Angel Reese's. That's of the world, yeah, of the world. Mm-hmm. Like I'm giving her, high, um, you know, high praise of players. I think she's comp- comparable to, or she should be in a conversation with. Um, she's a really fun player. I, I, I think the world's gonna get to know her this year because Florida State's gonna get a little more love because they're number eighteen. They start the season ranked. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be picked higher in the ACC. So yeah, I mean. Um, I think um, we talked to Sarah Bajetti, mm-hmm. and um, I asked her today about um, tonight. What's her ceiling? Mm-hmm. She said, "I don't want to. I don't like saying the phrase sky is the limit.'" So mm-hmm. she said, "Whatever space, whatever black hole, whatever, whatever that is, whatever universe she's in, whatever that's the black hole. Whatever is up there is um, is her, her ceiling. She's a, she's she's an end. She's it's endless. That's yes. Essentially, what she was saying, and, which is um, amazing to hear. Like it's one thing for us to say it, mm. and then. Um, we also talked to Maya Gordon. She mentioned how you know humble Tanya is, how you know she carries a team. She's growing to a leader now. She's a special, special player. If Flor- she was not hurt last year in that first round of NCAA tournament, it could be interesting to see what Florida State could have done. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a tough bracket, tough draw. They had Georgia, then they had Iowa. It's gonna be tough to beat Iowa on the road. But Caitlin Clark, yeah. But but it was a team that had a lot of promise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anyways, I'll be out there tomorrow at 6 p.m. You could expect that. They began the season. <clears throat> Let me pull this up. What day was it? I want to say November 6th. Was that right, Jack? Uh, yeah. November 6th yeah. against Charleston Southern. They opened the season. Um, and then that's, is that, that, that same week, Tennessee comes to town. Yeah, November 9th. Um, that would be a big game. <laughs> Best believe me and Jack are both going to be at that game. That's going to be exciting. I mean, um, you know, Lady Volunteers, that is a pro, one of the most storied programs at women's college basketball. And do you know who Tennessee's only first-round loss in the NCAA tournament when Pat Summit was coaching was to? Florida State? It was to Ball State. Oh, Ball State. One oh. of the biggest upsets all time. But anyway, no. Sorry, guys, we're a Ball State podcast now. We are a Ball State podcast every day. <laughs> but no, yeah, Tennessee's coming down. That's number then, 11 Tennessee preseason. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's going to be a fun game for sure. Definitely. I'm looking forward to that. Definitely. Um, now, um, obviously, the men's open the season on Sunday. Yes. I think they play Flagler as well. Um, they had the ACC Media Day today. Mm. And um, I have to do this because it's um, 1989 week. Oh, God. No. Leonard Hamilton's feeling 22. Oh, my God. Because um, this is year 22 at FSU. Oh, <laughs> Jack's yeah. cringing right now. I made him cringe. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Leonard Hamilton's <laughs> entering year 22. You know, last two years have been down years. They are a team that's going to, um, you know, use the portal. And uh, I talked to Leonard last week, sat down with him. Interesting guy to talk to. You know, first tw- we were in there about 40, 45 minutes of being a couple of beat reporters. First 20 minutes, he went about some, some stories about from his Miami days, brought up Dan Levitard, um, talked about different things. Um, Leonard Hamilton's always a joy to talk to. Um, but, yeah, um, they had ACC media today. They, um, they, Baba Miller was a player that was there representing them. And, obviously, we know Baba Miller's importance last year, unjustly yeah. suspended first half of the season for taking, um, a, for taking money, paying it back. Um, when Florida State was not even involved and yeah. he was punished. Odd. Just odd situation. Um, he deserved better. Um, he he came into the season with shin a shin injury. I think it was shin splints. Um, and just never got to build up a rhythm, never got to become the college player he wanted to. He came back this year, which is major for Florida State. I think that could be a player who could be really good. Mm-hmm. If he um, is right this year, he was projected as a lottery pick last year. So he's someone that you know has played with Giannis. Yeah, I mean it's it's he he's he's a player. Even when I wasn't on the beat, that I was hearing a lot about. And as you mentioned too, it was, he was very just limited last year with the, just all the factors he had to deal with and stuff like that. And um, you know, he's expected to have you know just a bigger impact this year. So it'll be interesting to see where he um, you know, he steps in and stuff like that. Uh, and really fills into this lineup that did take some losses in the off season. Um, but yeah. he's another player that's gonna be exciting to watch this year. Back in July, he led France, Spain to a seven three six nine win. To win the FIBA U19 World Cup Championship. Funny, he told us his gold medal shattered. <laughs> that story's online. Yeah. Um, that's from earlier this year, but it's a fun story that he got to do. Um, Either way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, he's a special player. You know, um, didn't you have um, Primo Spears, I think, was made make or break for the season. If um, he was, he transferred from Georgetown to Florida State after the firing of the, his head coach, waiting on a waiver for him and um, Typical NCAA fashion we haven't heard yet. Um, hopefully we hear soon on his status. Um, Leonard Hamilton is very, very um, optimistic about his chances of him being. And he transferred for the right reasons. That's what Leonard said, and I agree. Mm-hmm. He should be able to play this year. Um, you know, they have um, Darren Green, who's back this year. And two other pl- players, they hit the transfer portal. They have some good players returning. 
they play Sunday against Flagler as well. Um, Jack will be out there. He'll do have a short story on that. He's doing a season preview. Yeah. I'm doing a women's season preview. Um, and I'll probably be out there to watch a game with him because I'll be back from Wake Forest at that point. Yeah, that's going to be having a long day, but still want to get a look at the basketball team for sure. <laughs> it's part of the job. It's part of the job. It's, it's fun. Like, you know, this job is about doing all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Jack. Let's. Um, you want to want to wrap up now? Well, yeah, um, I have one more thing to put okay. into about the men's team. No, you're good. I mean, been hearing so much from the the uh, the local other local media too. Um, specifically about WCDV about this uh, the Valdosta State game coming up on November fifth on Sunday. Um, and uh, how competitive it might be as well. And that's a game I'm I'm kicking myself because I'm gonna be flying back from Pittsburgh. That I won't be at that game unfortunately because I have other applications. But yeah, yeah. But that's gonna be an entertaining game as well. Um, and then you have Kennesaw State right after that too. It's like who's who's just a tournament team, I believe. I believe so. That sounds right. Yeah. So they have a very interesting front half of the schedule coming up for the men's team as well, and they have some. They have some action on action, November thirteenth in Central Michigan, and then they go off to Florida. Um, yeah, that game was fun last year um, to watch Florida come here. That was a kind of broke down how Florida State was last year. First half they were killing Florida. Florida the second half they just fell apart. I think that summed up the season last year where they just kind of fell apart in the second half of a lot of games. But competed well, but they fell apart in the second half. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean Florida State men's basketball starting soon. It's gonna be very busy for us. Soon. It's gonna be very busy for us. The fall sports. It's 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 something that me and Essen have dealt with. The high school sports is only continue on college, where it's that transition season where um, uh, winter sport fall sports are winding down. Winter sports are starting up. Um, Essen has one more thing to talk about here before we sign off. Yeah, no, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about this. Well, a, team, uh, a team that is playing very well this year. They have a three-way tie at the top of um, with Pittsburgh and Louisville. Florida State Volleyball, um, they're 9-1 um, ACC play this year. Um, 15-7 overall, so look like a little slow start. 8-6 and six, um, before, or... Undefeated at home. Sorry, um, I can't do math. That's... What do you... 6-6 six and six outside of um, conference play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Math. Math is very hard, guys. Yeah, undefeated at home. Um, I've only ooh. been able... I only... Ooh, ooh. They're playing Louisville on Friday, who's the number five team in the country. Um, that could be important, um... It might be an uphill battle for them. Louisville's really good. They, but. they, um, they, and this and Florida State has been gotten into it with some really good teams. I mean, this year it's the only game I've been able to watch this year. Um, I watched it on TV. They went five sets with Florida, and they really did have a chance in that game. Yeah, Chicago State. Um, uh, they've really, they really got into. Uh, they really got close with. Uh, you're moving the screen up and down. You're driving me crazy here, S. Um. <laughs> Yeah, they played Florida. Um, they went to five sets, and, and FSU really had their chances in that game. Um, Florida pulled it out by two points. Obviously, that's how five sets work. But um, <laughs> the fifth set works. But um, that was an entertaining match. They had a chance in that one as well. But yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, they still have their season ends November twenty fifth. So there's plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Um, we will definitely make it out the game at some point. It's absolutely, been, absolutely. It's been hard. They've been playing on Fridays, which is our one of our days off mm-hmm. and Sunday's other day off, so um, or catching up with football stuff. So it's been hard to make it up, but we will make it out there and provide you guys coverage. Obviously, um, yeah, absolutely. Um, their coach won his um, eight hundred career game earlier this year. Had a feature on that, um, and they're an interesting program. We will have more. In the, we will talk more about that next week as well on our mm-hmm. podcast. Um, 
But obviously, they're a really good team. They have a tough schedule coming up. They play Louisville and Pittsburgh within the next you know, two weeks. So mm. we'll learn a lot about if they are real ACC contenders, real, um, you know, going to be able to do stuff in the playoffs, or if they're just a, you know, uh, I guess, lack of a better word, pretender. But um, they are, they look really good so far, 9 and 1 in ACC play. Obviously, ACC is an interesting conference. tough. Yeah, yeah, but we'll see, we'll see what they do down the road here for Definitely. sure. Definitely. Um, yeah. Jack, you want to tell them where they can find their stuff? Yeah, absolutely. You can find all of our content, um, all of our stories at Tallahassee.com on Twitter slash X. We are. Noel Sports, um, the same thing as on Facebook and on, on Instagram. It's a little bit different. It's uh, THL Noel Sports. Um, you can find Moi's content on, t- on Twitter slash X at Jack G. Williams. Essence is Essence underscore custom. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But, yes, thank y'all for enjoying. I'm sorry. I'm very loopy today. It's been a long day. But thank you to everybody for joining us for another episode of the Old Sports Podcast. We post these every Thursday. Every Thursday? Yeah, every Thursday. Our seminal script goes up the same day. And, yeah, um, join us for another episode next week. Yes, and um, we'll break down the college football playoffs next week. We'll have the first rankings out by the time this episode comes out. We'll have even more to talk about. We'll talk about Pitt. Um, We'll talk about more um, basketball season. We'll have not started yet, but we'll have some insight from these exhibition games. And then we'll talk more about volleyball. Mm -hmm. The ACC, I believe that should be next week, later in the week, that we'll talk about the um, ACC tournament as well. So we'll have plenty to talk about. I'm just planning all this ahead. Anyway, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.